0: This is Talking Dirty, Get Gardening's podcast for plant lovers. The video version is available on our Get Gardening YouTube channel, so you can head over there if you want to see our ugly mugs and there are pictures of the plants there as well. There are full plant lists on our Twitter and Instagram at Get Gardening Now, so go check those out. But without further ado, let's start Talking Dirty. Hello and welcome to episode 35 of Talking Dirty. I, I've got a dog on my arm, over at East Ruston on Looking very well coiffed today is Alan Edward Herbert Gray, our happy and very handsome horticulturalist. You've got a dog
1: on your arm, what will you not wear to, to attract <laughs> attention? Anyway, over in Cambridgeshire we have Thordis Fredrickson,
0: And joining us very excitingly surrounded by the most sumptuous Narcissi. We've got Adrian Scamp, I mean the name gives it away, of Scamp's Daffodils, hugely enthusiastic about Narcissi, I mean, who isn't really, uh, joining us to, to talk about all of their wonderful qualities. Do you have any middle names to share, Adrian?
2: I do have a middle name. It's it's somewhat drowned out by the name Scamp as a surname. So uh, it, it's a good, good, solid name. And that's Michael.
0: Oh, good, solid. Yeah.
2: <laughs> good, solid name. Yeah. With a surname... I still get the teasing for the surname, mind e- even now. So, uh, yeah.
0: I did wonder that with a surname like Scamp, what was the school playground like?
2: Oh, you had to harden up a bit. But then, you know, I, I still get it. It's generally at the checkout queue at, at, at the supermarket. The old ladies sort of remember Scamp as being a little rascal, So they, they have a little snigger when they see the card, you know, <laughs> which amuses me. I don't mind at all.
0: Now, I said, you know, it's it's a name that's synonymous with daffodils. Uh, I'm sure lots of the people watching this as massive gardening fans will certainly know the name. They might not know the sort of history of your company because, of course, it all started with your dad.
2: It did. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I think this year is our 31st edition of the catalogue. So, um, yeah, o- over 30 years, he started the business. Um, and he was very much an enthusiast. Uh, as a child, he, he grew up surrounded by daffodils um, at Marsh Farm on the, the Tamar Valley. And he used to help pick the daffodils there with his uncle and spend his summer holidays down there working on the, working on the farm. Um, so, so that's, I guess, where the, the interest and the passion that he developed came from. Uh, and both of us have gone off and done our own thing and then found ourselves coming back to it. Having said that, they've always been in the background. There's always been one or two daffodils in the garden and, and growing. Them. And, and, and actually, that's the fun way to grow them. You know, it, it's nice what I'm doing now and I see lots of varieties, but I do enjoy the garden.
0: So what did you go off and do? What was your sideline?
2: Yeah, <laughs> it, it amuses people. This. I, I was a Royal Marine for, for nine years. Um, so, yeah, yeah I've, I've gone from uh, Royal Marine to Flower Arranger. <laughs> um, yeah. In That's all good. honesty, I, I prefer the Flower Arranging, I think.
0: It's got to be a pretty unique route, that.
2: Yeah, maybe. Uh, you know, it's it's surprising when you talk to people and you, you meet people when I do the stands. Their backgrounds are so diverse and... Um, Yeah, it's kind of surprising where, you know, I've met guys that are are special forces, people that are are now enjoying showing daffodils in competitions, you know. So, um, yeah, you just don't know. There's lots of different people out there in different backgrounds.
1: You talk about showing uh, competitions. I always think of scamp daffodils, or should I say scamp quality daffodils, (laughs) um, at this time of the year, because in our spring show, the local spring show, Stalham Horticultural Society, um, I don't do it, but there are. Well, I'm too selfish. I mean, I like my daffodils in the garden. But um, there's one or two um, people, and two in particular that have a real, real sort of fight, a bun fight almost, between them. And they, most of their st- stuff uh, that, that they're showing, actually comes from Scamp. Um, and I just think that is pretty fabulous. And that m- by me going to this show and looking at some of the daffodils that. I mean you illustrate everything in your catalog uh, wonderfully well, Adrian. Don't get me wrong, but there is nothing quite like seeing, seeing the, the flower in the flesh to get mm-hmm. the feel, right. yeah, to get the feel and the, and the substance of it and things like that. Um, and I'm just looking through your catalog here, and I'm just thinking, why didn't I buy a new one out last year called St Mary Immaculata?
2: Yeah, well, there you go. It's it's a lovely tazetta that is one that my father's produced. Whoa, 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 whoa! Can you just explain what tazetta <laughs> means? Because uh, well, I, you know, I, I can, and I've uh, Fordis mentioned the the vases of daffodils that I've got here. So what I did yesterday was took the trouble to pick all of the divisions. Oh. So there's thirteen divisions of daffodils. Yeah. I'm sure you know, but maybe others maybe. don't. There's thirteen divisions they're put into these divisions because they're so diverse. So you'll have longer trumpets and shorter trumpets uh, and uh, tazettas as I've just mentioned. So so I can actually, I can go through that vase if you like, yes. just to show you a few pretty daffodils and um, show people what the divisions are. If, if That's that, division. that, would, that would be absolutely great, yeah.
0: I mean, okay. this. I think it says a lot about everybody present and everybody who's watching or listening is um, that sounds like possibly the best offer we could possibly have. So, yes, please.
2: <laughs> right. OK, well, we we do that and we talk as we go, because otherwise it become a little bit monologue the way I, I do things. And uh, I'm trying to do it in sequence as, as we go. And I'll, I'll get round to I haven't got St. Mary Immaculata, but I've got one very similar called Nickelodeon which is another new one that's that's coming on and it's such a strong grower we're, we're quite excited about it. Now I'm not quite sure I think it was um, bred down in New Zealand originally and they sent us a few bulbs but um, if whoever bred it's out there and I've got that wrong I, I apologize now but um, right here we go. That one there it's actually it's called bravore quite distinct because of this very long narrow trumpet a little bit of bleeding coming into the um, petals here. Now, that one is what they would call a division one, white and yellow. So, division one is a, a long trumpet. So, the trumpet should be as long as the petals or longer. So, if I fold the petal down there, it should just about be the same length, maybe creeping over there, but um, it, that would be a division one. The white would be the white petals and the yellow trumpet. So, there we are. That one there is called. Called bravore. I'll pop that back in there, and let's see if we can find the next one down. <laughs> That's probably a, a better example. And um, this one is is Belize. Lovely yellow uh, daffodils. So it, it's going to be classed as a two yellow yellow. So with this one here, if I fold the petals down, the petals will be slightly longer than the trumpet. Okay, so that's your division two, all right? (laughs) And it goes on like this throughout the the divisions.
0: As you go, I want you to, I don't know if you're actually going to know the answer to this, but when we get to the end, I am probably going to want to know which, if any, are your favourite, if you have a division that sort of speaks to you more than the others.
2: (laughs) Do you know, that is a question that I've been asked at every stand I do for the last 13 years, and I'm not really sure how to answer it. Um do you know, I enjoy them all, and as they come up, you think, oh, that's great, or you go down the field, and you think, oh, do you know, I'll, I'll take a bunch home, and you, you think I'm going to take that one, you end up taking something totally <laughs> different home, so, I, do you know, I, I don't know, Um I, I suppose, and I, I should have it, but I haven't here today, it's, it, it flowers later, um, I, I, suppose I should say Rebecca, which is, um, it, it's a division four, and it's a, a white and pink, um, and Rebecca is spelled R E B K A H, and that's my daughter's name. And my father named that on her birth, so that was uh, 24 years ago now. So, uh, a pretty yeah, good. So that one to have should a be favorite. My, my, my favorite, really, I, I guess. But um, <laughs> they're, they're, all, they're all lovely in their own right. They're a bit like
1: children, aren't they? I mean, they're all lovely in their own way. Mm. And so, you know, you've got those that bloom first and the early ones, they're so welcome and you're just full of love for them and you think, that's
2: my favourite. And then three weeks later, something else blooms. And so on and so forth. Oh, right. We have the early varieties and, and the later varieties. Um, and within those groups, you've got your, your species and your historicals. Yeah. But, um, yeah, we end up with things like um, doublet and rose mully and rose of May, of course, that, that flower later recurves, the, the um, uh, poeticus recurves. Which yeah, well, that, is, that, um, that, that's late. the one that, that blooms really late, doesn't it? The pheasant. Yeah, that, that's, that's probably about the latest of them all, the, the old pheasant eye, yes,
1: yeah. yeah beautiful yeah. smelling thing, I mean it's a modest flower, um, and around here where I live in in northeast Norfolk, there are still people that grow fields a bit for cutting. Um, not as many as they used to be years ago, but I mean, I, I and I still think it's so lovely. You can go along the lanes here and you can stop at a farm gate and you can buy, I don't know, three bunches for four pounds or something ridiculous, you know, whatever it is. Um, kind of buy one, get three free or something.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Do you know, it's, it's a tremendous little flower. The scent is is absolutely beautiful on it. Um, for those of you that don't know what, what recurvus looks like, th- this, is, um, this is actually Actia. Um, and recurvus is a slightly smaller version of this with the, the petals twisting and it flowers ever so late. So you're talking um, um, end of April, May time beautifully scented, and it was actually grown and cut as it still is clearly uh, to an extent to catch the the flower market at the very end of the season and a lot of our, our older generation they ask me about it and uh, they're delighted when i've got it and can help them with it because it, it remembers that they, they remember the, the days of old when they used to pick them or or see them in the flower markets So yeah, that one's active. It's another old one actually, and it's scented, but flowers a little bit earlier. But recurves is is a little like that. Yeah, 1919, I believe. Is that what it says in that catalog? Because I can't remember. (laughs) 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 But yes, that would probably about it. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) When I asked about sort of favourites, I wondered if um if you kind of felt that you liked I don't know shorter trumpets or. I don't know, lemons more than strong yellows or whites. Do you find yourself drawn to any particular characteristics, if not particular varieties?
2: Um, Yeah, I I guess so. Yes and no is the answer to that. I I think um, it depends on where I want it. As I said before, it's lovely to grow them on the field and I can walk the rows and and it it looks tremendous, but when they're in the garden, you can play with them. Um, So for instance, if you're trying to do a bit more of a natural area, some of the historical varieties or the species; those are the ones that I prefer. And there's some fantastic um, examples of that. I've got I've got another vase here actually, <laughs> um, and I'll show you. Is these are these are some of the. Historical bride. Can you see that? And surrounded <laughs> in daffodils now. Okay. And when you think about historics, you think, oh, well, they won't be such bold colours as the moderns. But they but they are. As you can see, you've got here Bath's Flame right in the, in the foreground. You've got a beautiful, this this actually is a very nice um, historical. It's one called Argent. Now that's that's 1902, so it is quite an old one. But it's a small flower head on a very stiff stem, so it does stand up to the wind. A lot of people worry about um, uh, the, the wind with the doubles, so that one's a good one. So I, I find that the, the historicals in a natural area are great, but then you've got your flower beds where you want a little bit of colour. Let's move that over there so I can see. So, so yeah, so some of your flower beds, I think the more modern ones look great. Or if you're perhaps doing a planter on the front doorstep, you know, it, it gives it that wow factor. So, you know, it's it's a personal thing, but um that's what I like. And I've got in the garden, I've got some um some uh Pseudo Narcissus lobularis, the the English wild gaffe that I'm I'm trying to grow in clumps through the lawn underneath a, a silver birch and, and that's starting to look really nice it's not quite there yet another another couple of years they, they take a little while to establish themselves but um yeah, so that's looking nice. So so I, I've still not really answered your question, have you? I seem to be skirting it slightly.
0: <laughs> that's allowed. Interestingly, last week with Emma Bridgewater, we were talking about naturalising things like crocus through a lawn. Would mm-hmm. you have any tips for people who want to, I mean, obviously you mentioned there what you could try growing, but in terms of kind of making that work for you, what would be your tips for, for a successful naturalised planting of narcissi?
2: Yeah, you know, you can plant with daffodils particularly. You, you know that you can plant in swathes, so you can scatter the bulbs and plant them where they land, and, and that looks lovely. Or you can do it in in little clumps. Personally, I prefer in in clumps of, of five, six, seven bulbs, um, and they they come up. They will. It, depending on the area, start to sell seed some of them, um, or you can intermingle some with, with a bit of um, spreading them. But clumps look very nice, and they look natural. The other thing about that, of course, is as they're dying back, you've got to allow the, the leaves to, to die totally. So you can mow the lawn around the clumps, so it keeps your garden looking a little bit tidy. So that would be my top tip as far as um, trying to naturalize them.
1: We grow quite a lot in wildflower meadows. Um, yeah. And the main problem that we have, because our soil is so good here, is the competition that they get from grass. Yeah. And so what we tend to do is we tend to um, annihilate the grass late in the autumn before we get into the coldness of winter so you knock the grass back so they have a little bit of space around them to grow but they definitely have enough time to you know for their foliage to die back and to set seed and all the rest of it Um, and it's it's reasonably successful but I think you know that's one thing that people should be aware of if you have too much competition from grass it can actually um, outwit the daffodils if you like
2: it can, and of course, the, the the grass is an ideal home for other little pests as well. You know, slugs and uh, alike. So, um, yeah, it, it's 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 a good tip back. Mow the grass very late before things start to start to exactly, emerge. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Some of your smaller varieties as well. If you're if you're starting to naturalize um, in grassy areas, it's probably worth um, taking the grass away from that patch initially and planting the bulb. Yeah. Until they become established, once they're established, they push up through pretty much anything. But um, things like bulbicodiums and Cyclamenis, I can show you a I call it the alien of the daffodil world. (laughs) (laughs) So so when they're they're first planted, you know, the the leaves will be like, um, they'll be like grass themselves. And they can struggle to push up through certain soils. So plant them first with um, you know a little bit of multi-purpose compost, allow them to establish, and then eventually it would grass over and they they come up naturally. But um, yeah, that, that sort of thing, you know. So that, that's your Bulbacodium, that's a lovely little one.
1: You just mentioned there, Adrian, one of my favourite groups, and they are the Cyclominius. Um, yeah. from, from the straight Cyclominius to some of the hybrids that have been bred from them, because I just love the way that the trumpet is long and narrow and pushes forward, and the Petals, if you like, are swept back as if, gaze, as if they're standing in a wind
2: tunnel. Yes, Fr- <laughs> frightened rabbits, we call them. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. But They are. Yeah. I mean, although I mean, is quite diminutive. It is quite telling, as well,
2: isn't it? It is. I'm trying to find an example here, which which it, it's a poor example as far as the species Cyclamenius goes. Yeah. Um uh, But but. Um, for for those that, yeah. that don't know that that is a cyclamenius hybrid. This one's actually called Warbler. So the distinct characteristic is 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 like we're saying the wind tunnel effect. It's it's these swept back um, petals and generally a, a long trumpet on it. Yeah. yeah. But the, the actual cyclamenius, you see it growing in some of the parks, and they look absolutely tremendous. Um, And it it really is a picture and you feel very inspired to give it a go yourself Uh, and it will work, um, but they they're not as readily available as you would like to think a lot of these um, cyclamenias, and I I ran out of my stock I oversold them silly really but I I did so I'm, I'm growing them on from seed at the moment, so I would say watch this space if you want some another couple of years and I should have a good stock, but I, I want my first lot to flower and seed, so that I've got a second stock before I, I release any. So I've got a few down there, but, but not I, enough to offer you yet, I'm afraid.
1: I did that with cyclamenius in the garden here and it, it grows, um, it does all its stuff before the perennials that are growing behind it, that come up and cover them up, if you see what I mean. Yeah, and it definitely. does It does self-sow, um, which I'm very pleased about, but I'm always, I don't know, I'm very tardy about collecting seed, and I think I collect seed, and I, I always seem to miss it by about two weeks. <laughs>
2: Which is <a> shame. <laughs> that, that is the problem, you've got to get it just at that right, right point. I'm Absolutely, sorry. yeah.
1: yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: One of the other groups that I particularly like are the Tazetas,
1: and I think I, the Tazetas appeal to me because um, of the scent mainly, I think, because they do have that wonderful scent, um, and... I don't know. Am I right in thinking that sometimes the tisettas are less hardy than um, lots of
2: other narcissi? Um, Not not to the point that I would be put off by it. If people are thinking, "Oh, I'd like to try some," try it because our our climate, be it Cornwall or Scotland, we can manage them. But but you're not wrong. They are they are actually a Mediterranean plant by by origins. So. You know, yeah, they they, they they are going to be a little um, less hardy than some of them. But I must admit, I have some incredible results down here, it, albeit that is Cornwall. We are a little bit warmer and we, we have some very good light. The biggest thing was to get them flower. They need a, a warm summer previous to the, the flowering season, and that helps to initiate the flower. So, you know, if we can have a few warm summers, then, then we should be all right with them. Well, that was brought home to me. I mean, I remember paying
1: a visit to the Isle of Guernsey and seeing paper whites flowering in people's gardens. And, yeah. you know, and really and truthfully, the temperature between Guernsey and, and Cornwall is very similar, isn't it? I mean, you know. Um, yeah. And I suddenly thought, well, if I'm coming sort of northeast towards um, Norfolk. Um, it's getting a little bit cooler, but I might give them a try and I have given them a try and we are successful with them, but they are sheltered there at the base of a wall, which faces, let me think, northeast acne actual back. But it has a large shrub growing over it, a deciduous shrub. Right, and I think, okay. I think that affords sufficient protection from cold weather um, for my clumps to flourish there. So I don't think people should be put off. And I think providing they're aware of the fact that sometimes some of the older varieties, maybe of Tersettas, tassetta, um, are perhaps a little bit on the less hardy side, shall we say, Than I mean, people think of daffodils growing outside in the fields, and, and I mean, they, they blow one way, they blow another way, but they never get ruined. They always look wonderful. Um, mm. But some of them, perhaps if they're in the garden, they do need a little bit of shelter.
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, it, there's, there's another trick for people, of course, and you should do this with all the daffodils, and that uh, plant the bulbs nice and deep you know, Tazetta bulbs are generally quite big. So, you know, you need about six inches of soil on top of the bulbs and that will keep them away from the, the cold until they start pushing up through. So, yeah, yeah. but you're right. Some of the, the true Tazettas are, are going to be less hardy than some of the hybrids that are out there now. Um, so paper white probably did quite well for you um, and some of the others there that you'll, you'll come across. So if you fancy them, give them a go is what I would say. Well,
1: one I particularly like... The look
2: up it's called Royal Connection. Royal is, Connection, it's a lovely yes. early one that, yes, yeah. I wonder if there's a bit of a story behind the name, but I don't, I don't know, you never know. do you? Well that's you why I threw that. it out there, because I thought you were going <laughs> to yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, I wish I could <laughs> give a story behind it, and I've often looked at it and thought, you know, I, I wonder, wonder if someone, someone there has been dabbling and having a go, you know, but uh, may, maybe that's their secret, I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, it's a lovely early one, and again very, very scented. Doing well on our field at the moment. It's been flowering for weeks, actually. Um, yeah. Not probably not good enough to put in a vase to show you now. But um, yeah.
1: So because oh, it's probably a bit past that. its best. But but I mean, one of the great things about bunchflowered narcissus is you do get a longer season than than a single bloom because you'll get I don't know anything between three and maybe fifteen flowers on a stem. Yeah, yeah,
2: quite right. Yeah. Well, I've got I've got avalanches here. Oh. Here they are. That one there's Avalanche. Yeah, I don't know how many we got on the stem there. Three, six, nine on that stem. That's one that I I quickly picked. Ten. No, the nine. Scent, <laughs> the scent is absolutely tremendous. I, exactly. wish, I wish you could smell that. <laughs> but uh, it's, it's a lovely scent. To it. Yeah. No, so I that's, Avalanche.
0: That's, you, you've mentioned these wonderful daffodil fields and i suppose you know no matter where you are in the country you may well have driven past a daffodil field um but yeah paint a picture for us what what is your site like how how big an area are you growing on
2: we're we're actually i, I wonder sometimes if people are disappointed when i answer this because they, they drive through cornwall and they see acres and acres of golden fields and they, they look absolutely tremendous you know and they, they talk to me and I'm afraid the answer is about 10 acres which is <laughs> which is, which is a, a small farmer's field really um, and within that 10 acres that's actually two plants so I will have two stocks of daffodils and they, they vary slightly which is why I changed the catalogue um, but within each plant I've got in the regions of 2,000 different varieties. So some of those are, um, are, are named varieties, uh, others are experimental seedlings um, that I dare say you're going to ask, ask me about in a moment. But, um, uh, yeah, so about, about, about 2,000 different varieties, but um, only, only about five to six acres uh, per plant. And the reason I got two plants is that I would lift one, leave the other down to multiply the bulbs up, and um, uh, uh, and the stock, of course, um, ready for selling the following year.
0: Yeah. That is a lot of varieties, though. That's amazing. And and as you said, we are going to ask about the experimental ones. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm I'm not the authority to ask on that. Of course, I I do do a bit here because it's it's something my father has done for well years you know he, he's been doing it for 30 years as a, a business and he bred daffodils a long time before that so I, I guess he probably started when I, I was still in single figures so you know we're probably talking about 45 years ago that there would have been daffodils in the greenhouse and he would be going mad if there was a bumblebee in there and um, not wanting any cross-contamination with his, his pollinating. Um, but yeah, he's been doing that for a long time and you do need to. Um, from, from pollinating and sowing that first seed, you, you've got to have a bit of patience. It's going to take you five years probably to, to get your first first flower. And then of course it might not be different, <laughs> which is very <laughs> disappointing.
0: <laughs> Is there anything you've spotted recently that you're excited about?
2: There, again, that's, that's something for my father to do. That's his, his real passion. But uh, I was looking through there yesterday, and there's, there's one or two that are, are looking quite promising, actually. There's a very, very early Tazetta, which um, flowered in November, which I, I think we will we will be looking at. A, a little bit like Royal um, Connection, actually. Slightly lighter um, petals to it. Um, but the fact that it flowers so, so early is quite incredible. But again, as I said to you earlier, if you get a hot summer, they do flower up early. So, um, yeah, we we're, we're, we're perhaps give it another year, see how the weather goes, see that it's consistent with its flowering. Yeah. And there's a, there's a couple of um, Division 1s, the long trumpets, which, uh, again, the, the, there's not so many out there. And it's, it's certainly worth growing a few of those. And perhaps we're going to introduce a, a couple within the next couple of years. Yeah. We
0: just mentioned Division 1. Of course, we, we embarked upon this journey through the divisions and then we got distracted, as tends to happen on this podcast. So from Division
2: 1 and 2, what happens at Division 3 in your vase? OK, right, but let's, um, let's, let's pull one out a second. Because that, I think, was the, the division two that I was showing you. And a division three, the trumpet is going to be even shorter. So this one's Montego. So you can see that the, the, I think the, the, the correct way to say it is that the, the corona should be less than one third of the length of the, the petals. Okay, there's the division threes tend to come slightly later. So I was struggling to find one on the field yesterday. But um, so that's that would be your division three. And then they start to get um, quite a bit different. That's your division four. I'm, I'm hoping the color comes out right for you because it is such a coppery orange to, to um, both segments uh, the inner walls and the outer there. So it's a a copper and orange, but that would be a division four, or commonly a a double. Adrian, what's it called? Innovator. I'm looking at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's it's a great one. It's um, I enjoy enjoy displaying it, putting it on the stand because you know with a black background and people seeing it.
1: It, it, it really does have an orange cast to the petals, as well as the I don't know what you call them. What you talk the little filament bits in the middle? What do you yeah, call them? The those? inner
2: walls is what I would describe. Inner walls, that. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah affect- I hope the catalogue shows it because the none of the pictures in the catalogue are, are doctored, you know. So it hopefully it will show show the colour. But um, as you said before, I think um, to actually see them properly. Yeah. You know, mm. in the garden or at, at one of these lovely shows that we can't attend at the mm. moment. Yeah, yeah. That, that's the time to see them. So yeah, so that's a division four. And interestingly, actually, if we're talking divisions, this is also a division four. And um, it, it's um, this one here is uh, early cheer, and you'll notice that there's there's several heads to it. Very fragrant, this one, uh, incidentally. Um, so. So a division four can come with multiflorets or it can come with uh, with just the one. So that's your division four.
0: They're wonderful. That little pom poms. That early cheer.
2: Yeah, they are. Yeah. <laughs> people worry about them, actually. They're, there's a lot of people don't like them in the garden because they, they can get um they can get wet and then a bit of a wind and of course boom, down they down they go. Uh, and you can't really argue against that. I did show you the the uh, the Argent earlier, the, the historical one there, which is a wiry stem and a smaller flower head, and they tend to do better. But yeah, a lot of the doubles can can fall over. My, my best tip for that would be to, to plant the bulbs nice and deep and again, ensure that they're planted deep. And, and really, you should do that with all of them. Um, plant them in clumps so that they they support each other a little bit. Uh, and if they do go over, go and pick them and put them in a vase and enjoy them indoors because actually some of them, when you put them indoors in the warmth and in a vase, the colours develop even more. And it, it's really good fun. So, um, you know, yeah, try, try a few in the garden, but don't be afraid to rush out and pick them if we get the, the gale force winds that we get.
0: I like that. That's a really good idea. It kind of means you're almost waiting for them to fall over so that you can bring them inside. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah yeah, a little bit i could do without the wind to be honest i get a bit sick of that but um, yeah. it is it is a good tip and i think people do enjoy it that way yeah. Yeah.
0: And yeah this might be a bit a stupid question but i am here to be the most ignorant
2: of the party so that i'm allowed it's to ask stupid a stupid questions. question but i'm full of stupid answers
0: <laughs> <laughs> you see if you, you know if you go to your average garden center there are certain uh, daffodils certain aside, that sort of occupy the the shelf room if you like um, mm. and I don't know if it'd be the same division as that but the little Rip Van Winkle which is very popular mm. kind of what is it that makes some of them just so much more are they just better doers are they kind of quicker to grow or easier to grow is that why they sort of take over they become these incredibly prominent varieties
2: well I, th- I think that's fair to say actually you know some of some of the varieties I grow And the the big mass producers aren't going to do them because they're they're tricky, you know, so um, people come to me for those and they experiment with them. But yeah, the likes of your Rip Van Winkles. And of course, everybody knows the tete-a-tete. Well, they're on the shelves in the garden centres, the supermarkets, the garage forecourts for a reason. And that's because they grow tremendously well. And, you know, it's a stunning little daffodil. And it's it's I think it is possibly one of my my favorites for growing in the garden, because as a rule, we say, don't grow under hedges and trees, don't grow in the shade. But Tet seems to do it. And, and that's that's why you find them. So, you know, I'm I, I'm not opposed to buying a few of these bulbs in the in the garden centers, um, it, it, you know, they're good they're good and they will do people very well especially if they're just getting started put some in there enjoy them if you enjoy those try something else you know it's they're lovely. I think when you when
1: you get a bulb that does particularly well and tetra tet is one of those that really does do well um, i mean they're practically they're so reasonably priced they're practically given away yeah. in a funny yeah. way um, and because they are such good doers i've got a uh, two greenhouses and we had some in pots between the greenhouses. And I think when somebody was clearing the pots away, they tipped the pots out, not realizing there was bulbs in it. They've been there for, I don't know, eight to 10 years maybe. And there's this lovely little colony between the two greenhouses. They just look so fantastic every year. And that's the fact, I've planted some on the outside of our, our fence as you approach the garden this year as well, because it's
2: a good doer. Oh, do you know, they, they flower early. They flower for a long period. It's a lovely, bright, cheerful color to it not too tall so it doesn't get in the way of other other plants in there and the foliage remains reasonably short as it's growing on and the flowers fading so it really is a, a good flower to put in to brighten up your your front garden or wherever you like in the garden it's, yeah it's a fantastic little plant yeah. yeah
0: sorry yet again I I distracted us from we were, we were attempting to get through the divisions <laughs>
2: <laughs> Could be some time. I, I'll, um, I'll put. Okay, we're on Division Five, aren't we? Okay. Yep. So there, there's your Division Five. There, there's. So we've mentioned Tazetta's, and we've mentioned. Um, uh, well, no, I'm not sure we have mentioned John Quillers, but this is the Triandrous one. This is ice wings. It's not the triandrous um, uh, but as as um, as an example, it's a good example. There's generally two, maybe three um, flower heads to the, the each stem. Uh, that droop slightly, the petals will be sort of straight to reflex. Then you you generally have this little hanging bulbous trumpet to it. And that's the triandrus. That's a scented one. And if you're after a shorter variety, this is where they start, really. It's a nice short one for the garden. Pretty little thing, the, the um, The the ice wings. I
1: think they're rather good for you just mentioned for the garden, but particularly if if you've got a windy spot because they are Mm. less top-heavy than perhaps some of the big fat doubles and they're less likely to be blown over and be, yeah, definitely. Mm. Mm,
2: Yeah, Uh, and again, uh, another thing about the the smaller ones, you know, you will get the foliage and you've got to let that continue to grow and die back. You don't want to mow it off, I'm sure most people know that that the, the next year's flower is in the foliage, if you like, so you, you need to let it die off. So it doesn't look so bad, especially with other flowers and other plants coming up uh, around it. Whereas we've talked about tazettas, tazettas have their place without a doubt, and they, they are fantastic. But they are more back-of-the-border plants, one, because they're tall, and also because the vegetation on the, the leaves will, will continue to grow for quite a long time, and they become very, very... Uh, bushy and and you don't want them taking over. So, no things like this. Certainly for smaller gardens, absolutely delightful, beautiful little flowers. Yeah. So there's that's that's your five, and um, I've got some sixes in here as well. I, I'm going to pull these out. These are Division Six, the cyclamenius types. Okay, and uh, we explained earlier that um, you've got the 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 windswept petals there. So that's that's a really good example, example Warbler. But I I picked this one as well. Now, I'm hoping you can see this. This is all from the same flower, from the same bulb, actually. Um, it's called Beryl. And it opens yellow with this, this bright orange trumpet that I'm hoping you'll see. And as it gets older, it starts to fade to the white, the top flower. So as that's fading you quite often find another another will shoot up underneath it with this this brighter yellow so you get a combination of colour from the from the same plant there's a few that do it so Beryl, you know I, I can't pick a favourite and I'm not going to but I do love the way that, that one goes up and again it's not too tall another another nice one for the for the garden for the the borders in fact I've got it growing in my my garden at, at the moment along with some uh, Jenny and some firebrand I've got in there as well, which is looking really nice. So, um, That's so they're they division sixes. Gorgeous. You like that one, do you? I do. <laughs> you do. Good. <laughs> Good. We've tried that to might be going on the
1: business.
0: wish list.
2: It is. Well, I'll tell
1: you one of one of those that does particularly well for me is Jetfire. Jetfire seems to be a very sturdy little plant, and it makes up quite well the bulbs increase under the ground.
2: Yeah, they do, and it does tend to flower, as you say, quite consistently yeah. uh, I- each year. So yeah, Jetfire is another one. And um, it's not as short as the Tete a slightly taller, but it is still a, a dwarf variety. Um, so yeah, if you want a little bit of height difference and something different, it- it's really nice. I mm-hmm. haven't got a Jetfire to show you, but it's, it- it's very, I-, I suppose it's similar to this one, in the respect yeah. that it is a cyclamenius but it has a, a brighter orange trumpet to it. And the petals don't reflect quite so much. They are still reflex, but not quite so much. It come forward slightly there. But yeah, Jetfire is um, particularly good good variety, yeah. yeah. And you can find that in a lot of places. Again, you know, maybe not the garage forecourt, but you can certainly uh, certainly find it out there. It's a, it's a lovely flower,
1: yeah. Well, I think one of the things that I noticed in your catalog uh, is that you, you give the AGMs, you know, if a plant has been judged by the RHS to be sufficiently good to get an award, an award of garden merit, you do give that um, information in your, in your catalogue. And I think to some people who probably um maybe not that experienced in gardening, that is a very useful tip because it means that the plant is generally a good, a good
2: doer. It is. Um, do you know? I, sometimes I wonder whether I'm doing the right thing by putting it in there, because there's there's equally there's some incredibly um, good varieties there, strong growers that haven't got that award simply because they've not been judged for it. Um, but it doesn't mean to say they're not they're not good and they won't do well. well
1: hold for on, it. hold on, Adrian. <laughs>
2: <laughs> who, who, who's the best judge
1: of a daffodil? Surely it's yourself.
2: Oh, I Me. think that the best judge for daffodils is the person growing them in their garden. Because yeah, but well, you've got the experience, experience of
1: growing so you could put an Adrian star on it and say... This yeah, is they, maybe daffodil. I should,
2: yeah. It'll yeah. be full of stars, my, my catalogue. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: Adrian's recommendation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Yeah.
2: Have
0: now, where do we got up to with our divisions? We're making better progress now.
2: Well, number seven, if I'm holding yep. the correct daffodil. This is number seven. Um, it's a, a John Quiller type. This is called Hugus. It's um, one or two flowers to a stem generally. It's sweetly scented. Um, not as tall as the uh, the Triandrus types that we, we talked about. This Hugus, I don't know if you can see the colour there, but it's, it's actually, it's a coppery orange, um, both on the petals and the, the trumpet there. It's a lovely little thing. And there's there's a huge number of these. So I'm showing you just an example, but um, you'll find uh, hundreds of different John Quiller types, hundreds of different Tessettas, Division 1s, 2s, 3s, so on. So, you know, you can have a bit of fun growing them and seeing seeing the ones you like. So there we are. Yeah, that, that's, um, that's the John Quiller. Yeah, that's beautiful. And eight, we've talked about. Um, I will pull one out. We, we said about avalanche earlier, um, and this is one that's uh, this is the Nickelodeon that I mentioned. So I'm hoping I've got that right with the the origin of that. But I, I, I'm sure my father will tell me off if I'm not later on. So. <laughs> but yeah, again, beautifully scented. Really strong. This one is. There's not so many out there. It is. just a little expensive, possibly at the moment, but. Um, it does grow well. And if you if you're a bit of an enthusiast and Patsy them then that's that's certainly um one I would I would recommend. Beautiful flower, yeah. that It
0: has idea.
1: been down, Adrian. It. <laughs> down.
2: That's on your list.
1: <laughs> well, I've I've got your old catalogue in front of me, your old well, your last year's catalogue in front of me, which I, um, I ordered from. And it's very interesting to actually talk to the man himself and to not necessarily to ask you things but to just listen and list your little comments and it was very nice that you mentioned that Nickelodeon was particularly well scented. It's not in the 2020 catalogue I can't
2: see it but. No it might not be is that it's I can't remember if it was there last year or not um, because as I say I've got two stocks in the field and Mm. I'll be building them up and occasionally if the stock goes low I take them out and it disappears for a while and yeah. You know, so it's, it's just managing the stock a little bit, but that's one that um, we we've got quite excited about over the last few years that I'm trying to trying to build up. So uh, I'm thinking it's in this year's, of which uh, the catalogue should be with you if you you've not had one. I, uh, so hopefully you enjoyed browsing through that. So there we are. That's that's number nine. This is your your type, and again we talked about that one. This one's this one's Act here. Uh, uh, which I think you told me the date earlier, 190 something or other.
1: Well, um, oh, actually, pre 1919, yeah. Um, yeah one of the things I would just say, if you if you're glancing at your catalogue and you look, you open the pages of Poeticus hybrids, and there's two pages of them, and if you're if you're not that interested, you might look at them, and think, well, they all look the same, yeah. but indeed they don't, because they all have the one thing in common: they have is white petals. But if you look at that eye, that, the, the intensity, the difference in size, the difference in color, it's fascinating. Absolutely mm-hmm. fascinating. I was looking at one called Green Lawns, which has got the most intense red rim around that, that, little, that little cup. And then mm-hmm. you go into yellow and then you go into dark green and then the, the little orange stamens coming out the middle of that. I just thought that's such a
2: pretty thing. Yeah, they, they are they can be subtly different so, and unless you're you're really into it you don't always notice but um, yeah they are subtly different and of course um flowering time as well yeah so you're you'll have um, poeticus praecox, praecox meaning early of course so that that would be one of your first which is flowering along side uh, actia at the moment but then you'll have um, things like uh, recurvus which is actually a species, it's not on, it won't be on in amongst the the poets there, but that one will flower very, very late in the season. So if you do like that type of daffodil, then actually you can can have a bit of fun looking at how they are different um, with the corona or maybe the petals twisting, but also just the flowering period, you can spread that flowering period. That's and really they're all exciting. As well. I
0: didn't. I didn't realize that you could have that kind of poeticus type for so long. I need more of that in my life. Well, I think. Yeah. The- yeah.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Things about scrutinizing the
1: difference between one variety and another is something you learn if you're looking at the show bench because whether you're, I'm not saying as a judge, but just as a, as a, as a, as a viewer, as an enjoyer of this people's, um, growing these things and seeing them at the shows, you do actually, because you're forced to, I suppose, and they're at table height, and you haven't got to get on your knees in a wet garden and study them, <laughs> you actually do notice the subtle differences, and it is always, oh, I'm very sad to be missing the, the spring show this year. We are. Yeah,
2: do you know, actually, that's a good comment. We, we enjoy putting our displays up and I, I get some tremendous um, feedback and I, I love to see um, the expressions on people's faces when they're looking at it. But but you're right, if, if people are interested, it's worth going along just to the local flower show and seeing the competitions, because these guys are real enthusiasts and they mm. grow some superb flowers better than i do because that's what they really they're focused on on showing their best and uh, you you can see such a variety of them so yeah if people are interested have a look and go to some of these local shows because it, it's it's really good and they're a friendly bunch as well it's a bit of fun
1: yeah they are a very friendly bunch they are very knowledgeable they're very helpful and i love to hear the tales of how they've brought the flowers on so they're just right for the show and they go out in the shed and then they're out in a cold greenhouse and then they're in the kitchen sitting on the table and the wife gets angry and cross and
2: <laughs> you open the fridge for a pint of milk and there it is. Yes. It's in there. Yeah, exactly. yeah exactly. It's, it's all it's all very scientific this uh, showing daffodils yeah yeah I've kept them out the fridge so far I don't do that.
1: <laughs> Adrian how do you feel about split corona or collar? daffodils because I think it's a kind of thing you either love them or you hate them and I think um posh people shall we say the garden cognoscenti, my dear uh, might think they're rather vulgar um <laughs> whereby you know other people just embrace them with great joy for being what they are they're flamboyant harbingers of spring that we love
2: yeah yeah do you know that actually I i not a problem with that when people say oh I really don't like that." so that's fine uh, it's fine you know nature's there with all sorts and you, you must agree. enjoy what you like I've I've got I've got an example of, of two here because um with with your your division there, 11s, your, your split coronas, they're actually classed into two okay so you've got 11a and 11b which you like, undoubtedly you know but let me show you show you some examples I've, I've got them in here somewhere he says Ah, oh, right here we are right okay. So this one, which is, um, oh dear, Caramel or or, um, Belcanto, I think it's Caramel it is, Um, this is an 11a. So you'll notice that you've got these walls behind the petals, so they will be alternate. So one is underneath, I'm hoping that one there's the underneath one. And then you've <laughs> yeah. got one on top, and then one underneath, and there should be six whirls in three and then another three. So you so, basically you basically got three layers. If you take the, the petals as being
1: one layer, then the the three at the back, and then the three at the front. Yep,
2: yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah. yeah. So, but they're overlapping on that one, whereas on this one, which is fashion, you've got the whorls, but they're all in front of the the petals. So you've got one. One world of six, if you like, rather than two of three on there. Look, so those, those are your division 11. So I'm hoping if people are looking at them, they like them. But if you don't, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> but I kind of like them. I, I, I You know, it, it's something actually my, my father did a lot of breeding with them to, to bring on different types um, and experiment with them. Uh, and they've become more and more refined. Um, there, there's things like... Um, Menahe and Boslewick now that, that look absolutely tremendous so yeah you know it's, it's another one within the division it's another one to uh, maybe capture your imagination.
0: Beautiful yeah. such variety it's just amazing as I, I think anybody who's watching this podcast already knows or, or listening they know they're generally people who know how many uh, daffodils there are but it is funny to think that there's such a swathe of people in the world who just think there's you know tete-a-tete and you know a couple of others: the white ones, yellow ones, big ones, small ones, and that's it. Yeah,
2: do you know that I think it's, um, it's somewhere in the region of twenty-seven thousand different varieties registered. Uh, I dare say an awful lot of those have been lost over time. But um, if you go searching the hedgerows and the banks and the woodlands, you, who knows what you're going to find? So uh, they're out there. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. I've got to show you this one, if if that's all right. I saw someone do this at um, RHS show at Rosemore, and they, they grew uh, a flower called the Godfather, which is a great big flower. And uh, they put a little display, and I'm going to show you what they what they did. They, um, they did a display of the Godfather with this little <laughs> one hooked in the petals like that. <laughs> it's got to be my... It's one of my favourite miniatures, if you like. Um, it's called Medway Gold. And actually, that's about the height of it, where I'm holding it from. Grows really, really well. It's scented, and it's just a perfect replica of Wordsworth's uh, daffodil, the yellow daffodil in, in small. It's a lovely thing. But there you go. So you, you can really get different sizes of daffodils
0: that is amazing. I'd forgotten how wonderfully diminutive Medway gold is. I definitely need to grow that one. You are going to make me very poor, Adrian.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, it depends how you measure wealth, doesn't it, really? Well, that's true. That's <laughs> yeah, true.
1: A new one that I've grown this year from you, um, Adrian, is one called Rataplan. I haven't planted it in the garden. I've got it in pots, and they're standing outside on display stands. Now I find that quite intriguing because the trumpet is natural, fact almost kind of semi-divided.
2: Yeah, and it's, yeah. it's high coloured. It's orange with a yellow edge to it. it. I think it's it's so interesting. Again, actually, I, I saw that at one of the shows. Um, a Dutchman had bought it across, and I thought, Do you know, I, I've got to I've got to grow that, and I've got quite a nice nice stock now. Um, but that goffering, I don't people look at the picture in the catalogue and they, they don't quite believe it. But, um, yeah, it's absolutely tremendous. And I, I'll send you a picture, maybe you'll be able to put it up. But um, yeah, it's great. And earlier we talked about jet fire yeah. and how well that grows. Now, the rataplan is similar colours and similar in height as the jet fire. But it has this this goffering, but it, it grows equally as well. So it's it's quite an exciting one to 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 try. So yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. I've only had it for a, a couple of years now, but it, it's it's tremendous. Really good fun. Good.
0: Trust Alan to spot the new and exciting edition.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's certainly worth it. I've actually I've had a lot of comments on it this year. A lot of people have commented on. It on the Ratapan, I think, uh, something really new for them. Mm. You know what you're going to sell out after this? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, quite, quite possibly, yeah. I, I don't mind selling out, you know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Bring it on.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm afraid, you know, as much as I enjoy it, that is what it's all about, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Where have we got to with our divisions then? Uh, I don't know, I've lost uh, lost track. We did 11, didn't we? So- um, Did we ever do we 10? 10, did 11. Did two- okay, so, yeah yeah i think oh no we didn't do 10 did we hang on that's the alien that i mentioned earlier ah your bulbocodium, the bulbocodium. they're
0: wonderful yeah. they, they are
2: yeah yeah this one's oxford gold um they, they're then commonly known as uh, that the hoop petticoat you hear that often enough. but yeah it's, it's it's just great fun yeah in fact i i grew some of these at, at the bottom of my drive there's a I've I've got a wall with a, at the end of the wall, it's it's hollowed out a hollow square where I can plant some flowers in. So every year I plant something different. And uh, there's two primary schools up the road. So I I like to put something either really scented, really colourful or really odd in there. So um, this was the odd year. And you can see them looking at them and enjoying them. And I I quite enjoy doing that. You know, you never know, they might be gardeners of the future, but um, it just (laughs) educates people, you know.
1: Yeah. They're just going so to have their interest stirred at some point and then, you know, they might not do it <clears throat> their whole lives but, I mean, you know,
2: that seed can sit there and it can germinate slowly. Yeah, absolutely. They, they might go and join the Marines or something daft like yeah, that. that. You know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Quite a few of these. Not, not a huge amount of Division 10s. So I've got a few in the capital there but I'm, you know, yeah, they, they are good fun to grow. They, they don't mind a little bit of damp conditions, the, the um, Yeah. So if you are Certainly if you're growing in pots, and this goes for, for pots in general, actually. Um, you know, in the garden, quite often things will look after themselves because the roots go down a long way. But in pots, you do have to make sure that they're kept, kept moist. Uh, and this is certainly um, the case with this particular variety. It does like to be kept a, a little bit bit moist while it's growing. And, and when I say while it's growing, when it's died back, don't get bored of it and neglect it. You still need to keep watering it until the foliage has died off. Then, in its dormant period, you can relax a little while. But um, yeah, remember that. Just, you know, pots are fantastic, but they do do take a little bit more care.
0: Do you have any feeding tips for daffodils?
2: Yeah. And the biggest one for daffodils, quite often, if it's doing all right, just leave it alone. Okay, (laughs) it obviously likes it there, and you don't want to overcook it with with feeds. But if you are going to feed a daffodil, and it does help, certainly if they're um, perhaps coming up blind, um, a high potash is what you're going to need. All right. Now, a potash will encourage flower growth and color. It's um, if you like, it's a a fruit feed. And this is the the fruit, the flower. So a high potash. Now, it also encourages a, a firm bulb. And we want a firm, solid bulb. Now, too much nitrogen, and I say too much because a little bit, of course, we need and we do have other plants in our garden that we want to thrive as well. But too much nitrogen in that area can cause a softer bulb and a softer bulb can be more open to infections. So too much nitrogen, too much water, for instance, you you could find that you get a bit of basil rot in there and and lose, lose the daffodil. So my tip on that one there is a high potash fertilizer. what you need brilliant Brilliant. yeah i clean the fireplace out and throw the ashes all around the garden that helps as well
0: (laughs) all makes so much sense now before we wind things up of course what we always do on this podcast is share our flomo our floral fear of missing out the plant that's at the very top of our wish list and it's it's not always flower but i think today it might be um my my flomo list has got significantly longer over the last 45 minutes or so thank you adrian But I'm Mm -hmm. pleased to see or to hear that one of the plants or the plant that I think is top of my wish list in terms of of daffodils is one you mentioned that you grow in your own garden, which seems like a good recommendation. And it's funny because my mum had sent me um, photos on WhatsApp. She'd been looking through an article in either a new or an old gardening magazine, sending me all, all these lovely daffodils. And the one that leapt out then was exactly the same one that leapt out when I was looking through your website ahead of this podcast. And it's Firebrand which I think is just absolutely stunning.
2: Do you know, I, I absolutely f- love firebrand. Um, try a few though. Um, I, some people don't seem to be able to grow it. And I, I don't know what it is. It does so well for me down here. And funny enough, I've, I've got it in quite a shady spot as well at the moment, and it, it's doing superbly. But um, yeah, it's it's a lovely flower. So don't be put off, give it a go. But um, yeah, some people struggle a bit, so you might have to move it around the garden if it doesn't do too well. That
0: and way. I think it's a historic one as well, because obviously you do you do have a lot of these wonderful historical varieties in your
2: catalogue. It is. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. there. There we are. There's Firebrand. Yeah. Oh. It's, um, <laughs> I think it's something like 1887. I mean, it's kind of yeah, I think I made now. a note. Yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah, 18, 1897, yeah. something like that.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. But no, it is—it's that's a beautiful one. That is, yeah. And that's another one that opens more yellow, and then the the petals fade out to a whiter color. But that that orange centre um remains really quite orange. It doesn't burn too much in the sun. So yeah, so it's a good choice. That well done. <laughs> <laughs> um- Adrian
0: you kind of mentioned I suppose over the past you sometimes see varieties at different show benches obviously you've been deprived of that over the last year but are there things you want to get things you want to be able to add to to what you already offer or just things you want personally in your own garden?
2: Um, As far as the 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 daffodils go you know there's so many out there and it's always nice to find new varieties but there comes a point where I can't grow them all so I, I do sort of Look and think. Oh, yeah, you know. And, and there's always something that I like to add to the collection. And every year you see uh, new exhibits or that's coming through. Like I did with the plan, I thought, you know, that's that's one I must I must try and see how well it does. So, um, so there's all sorts is the answer for, to that question. But it, it, on a personal basis, I don't know if you can see it out my back window. I've just bought a banana tree. <laughs> so um, I've got an orange tree out there and uh, I've got the olive and um, I really want to try to grow grapes and it's ever so ever so warm my patio area Um, from about now the sun's starting to come round, and I I think I could have some success so that's on my wish list whether I'm going to be allowed to put up a a frame and and grow them I'm working on that but but, yeah, so that that's what I quite fancy. Does, does that count? Am I that allowed does.
0: Me? You're allowed. That's all right, is Whatever is yeah. at the top of your wish list is allowed. Anything goes on this yeah. podcast.
2: Yeah, I don't know if I'm thinking of my stomach or, or what, <laughs> yeah, but, um, you know, hopefully.
0: Alan, what about you? What's your flow mode this week?
1: Oh, gosh, well, um, can I please have the whole of Scamp's catalogue?
2: <laughs> <laughs> that can be arranged. <laughs> Although you must have a reasonable collection. I, I think you've got a few there, haven't
1: you? Yeah, I have actually, but I mean, it's, it's just a personal thing. And I mean, I started off many years ago by, um, I think, first buying from you some of the some of the ones that are referred to as old ladies, the historical varieties. Yeah. Um, and I mean, they are just so charming. You, we've mentioned several already, Firebrand in particular, um, but they are just so charming and so lovely. They have about them, I think, a grace that is lacking in lots of the modern large hybrids. Yeah. But I think, you know, I do think they all have their place. Um, and <clears throat> I'm all right, I'm going to pick one. My wife's going to be St. Mary Immaculata because I think it does particularly well. I, I don't know, there was a comment in the very opening uh, page of your catalogue. Oh, strong-going variety that makes big bulbs, often producing several stems with up to four flowers per stems. Well, that's what I call very good value, and I think that's strikes, um, and I just, that is going to be my next thing, um, but there'd probably be 75,000 others.
2: <laughs> uh, wonderful.
0: I think that's how we're all feeling after this conversation. I mean, I we always like a bit of show-and-tell, but whew!
1: We <laughs> have a bit of success with one variety that came from you, and that's called Candle Power, um, which is a little miniature cream daffodil, I suppose. Um, and I saw it for sale um, on a plant stand at the plant fair, and it was fiendishly expensive. I mean, I can't tell you how expensive. It was something like 15 pounds for a tiny little pot with three bulbs in it. Yeah. And uh, I saw that you, you were much less expensive.
2: <laughs> I got a so nice little stock of candle power. In oh, fact, yeah. I've got a dozen bulbs in the top of my garden here again, and that's growing in a shady area. Tremendous, tremendous flower, that is. That's again a good increaser, Adrian, isn't it? Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah. They, 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 they increase well, they grow well. It's been flowering for weeks now. So, yeah, no, that's a lovely little flower.
0: I think everyone's going to be feeling very inspired after this podcast. Adrian, thank you so much for taking the time to go through the fields and pick out all the divisions and explain it all to us. I I cannot wait to grow all of the ones that are now on my wish list.
2: <laughs> right. No, it's been a pleasure. I've, I've enjoyed it. It's nice, nice to do that. Nice to speak to you both. No, that
0: wonderful. wonderful. <laughs> Everyone needs to get your catalogue.
2: Yes. Yeah, well, there you go. Just uh, all they need to do is contact me. That would be great. But mm. yeah. But hopefully they've enjoyed it. They've had a a, a bit of a show and tell, and she said. Well,
0: if they've enjoyed yeah. it half as much as me, they're gonna be having a wonderful day as a result of listening to you. Adrian, thank yeah. you so much for your time for your wonderful daffodils. I think I'm gonna go place an order.
2: <laughs> Lovely. Thank you. Take care. Have <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye.
0: Hey, Thordis here. Just to say thank you so much for listening to Talking Dirty. You are now officially our favourite person. If you really liked it, please do subscribe because we'll be back for more plant-loving mayhem next week. And as you're our new favourite person, we don't want you to miss out. If you've got a question for Alan and the experts, you can email it to hello at getgardeningnow.co.uk. So happy gardening, and we'll see you, oh favourite person,
2: next time.